To be honest, I don't know why I keep coming back. I mean, maybe I return because I have this hope deep down that where I am now is not where I will be. Or maybe it's because he is not like the others. And by others, I mean the Pharisees and Sadducees and the fig trees. I mean, goodness, he's brash at worst, but alluring at best. If I can even say best, I mean, this man is beyond better than any best that I could create. I do not exaggerate when I say that this man, though, confuses me so much. For example, just moments ago, he denied his mother and brothers in their presence. Seriously. Yet here I am again, following his every step, almost awaiting every word as if it will give me life from this deep slumber I often feel trapped in. The man? He's a man from Nazareth. Jesus is his name. (laughs) It's strange. I mean, I've seen this man in so many places, and I've heard so many of his stories, and I've heard so many people talk about those stories. Yet as I watch this man speak, he has so much authority and clarity. However, I still have a hard time understanding the cryptic nature of his engaging words. As I stand one of many in the crowd of faces, I can't lie. There's something quite calming about the sea which moves behind this man as he's speaking. It's almost like this man is home here. Like the sea responds to him, not him to the sea. Seriously though, even though I get distracted, he remains constant as he speaks. Now he is speaking of seeds and what it takes for a seed to grow regardless of still being confused why a man such as Jesus is talking about seeds, I can't help but be stunned that regardless of my understanding of what he says, I still strongly feel as if it is my fault for not truly hearing what he is saying, instead of it being his fault for not being clear. Looking around, I see many different reactions to what the man from Nazareth is saying, and I begin to be intrigued by the reality that we are all hearing the same thing, yet we are all responding differently to his words. In absolute irony, my thinking is muffled out by the voice of this man demanding for those to have ear to truly hear what he is saying. (laughs) Okay, okay, you got my attention. He begins to question those around him if a lamp's purpose is to be hidden or to shine brightly. I begin to gain a confidence of my answer, for I know what it's like to be in darkness and desire more than anything for a light to provide a sense of direction in the midst of my travels. If anyone has ears, pay attention to what you hear. Okay, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to hear what he is saying, to really hear what he is saying. He goes on talking about seeds and more seeds. (laughs) This man truly loves talking about seeds. He goes on to say that the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and seed sprouts and grows, yet he does not know how. The earth produces by itself first the blade and then the ear and then the full grain in the ear of crop. However, when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Upon hearing this last sentence, though, I I find myself as if it echoes within me, and yet it does not return to my mind empty, but instead heavy from the long travel within this empty shell I call my body. Day and night, day and night, I know how it is to be that farmer. I know what it is to work and work and not know why or how my life will make any difference. As I meditate on the last words that he spoke before I tuned out the world, I begin to wish that I was like the lamp discussed earlier, 
clear of my purpose and joyfully fulfilling that purpose regardless of the darkness around. I begin to wish that I was like the seed that the farmer plants, that regardless of the process of growth, I can at least rest knowing that I will and I am growing. I begin to reflect on the reality that this man has something that I do not. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, those words that he is speaking right now about the kingdom of God comes to me like a spear flying fast as a crow almost going towards decaying flesh. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. As I hear those words, God, I realize that I may not know everything, but I know that the grain within me is ripe. We decay when we refuse to yield and commit to the intended purpose of the creator. May we cling to the peace and commitment to the father's purpose to expand and be the kingdom of God. Amen. Even though I tried my best to imagine what it would be like to be present within Mark chapter four, I still can't imagine what it must have been like to hear Jesus speak and to be so confused by the words that he's speaking Yet those words slowly start to make more sense and take root within the heart of the person that is listening. And even though I tried my best to picture it, it still blows my mind. And what blows my mind still is that every single time that we come to the word of God, we have that opportunity to respond just like as if we were present within the, the time that is being shared. I just wanted to park here and just invite the Lord saying, Lord, show me what your intended purpose is for me today. I think so often we say, okay, Lord, I just want to know what is my calling? What is my purpose? What is my destiny uh, for tomorrow? But we forget to realize that today is the day that the Lord has made and he has a plan and purpose for you, just like he has a plan and purpose for me. And and we will never get to tomorrow if we keep neglecting today. So today we're just going to look at Mark chapter four. So no matter what brought you here, welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. podcast, whether you're listening for the first time through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google, wherever you are partaking in this, or maybe you are watching on YouTube. Yes, we have a video version of this podcast is on YouTube. I would love to pray for you and just invite uh, the Lord into this moment, uh, no matter where you are. And I pray that it meets you wherever you're at. All right. So, Lord God, we just look to you. We thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for this platform. I thank you for this person right now that is listening or watching this. Lord, you know their heart. You know their desires. You know their prayers. You know their longings. Lord, you know exactly what they are going through. You know exactly what they lack in today. Lord, you know their confusions. You also know the joys. You know the things in their life right now that is bringing them joy. So, Lord, you care about each and every person listening or watching this, but it's more specifically, you care about the person listening and watching this right now. Lord, that person that knows that there is more, but is just longing to just understand what that is so that they can grasp it. 
Lord, that person right now that is listening or watching this, that is at the end of their rope, and they are just crying out to have a real relationship with you, not just head knowledge, but to have a personal, intimate relationship with you. Lord, that person right now that feels just overwhelmed and is just trying to understand where you are at in the midst of their chaos. Lord, even that person right now that is listening or watching this, and they they are just trying to wrap their head around, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? No matter who it is listening or watching this, Lord, you care about them so much. You know every number of hair on their head. You know every thought from afar. God, you care about them. You know when they sit. You know when they rise. Lord, you saw them in their mother's womb. And Lord, you are no stranger to our hearts no matter how convoluted and messy it could get. So Lord, we just invite you into that heart, that heart that you have crafted from day one. Lord, we invite you in, and Lord, we don't wanna have anything to separate us from being responsive to you. Jesus, we need you, and we long for you, and we look to you, and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Before we jump into this passage, I wanted to share um, something that happened this last Saturday. Um, with you because I feel like it ties in with what we're going to be talking about today. So Saturday I woke up, uh, I I had the day pretty much um, free. I didn't really have anything going on, uh, no commitments. So I wake up, I go through the day. um, I pretty much spend the whole day Saturday making music. Um, I've been working on some music recently and that was good, but I just found myself all through Saturday just feeling kind of like, you know, I don't know, just I wasn't sick or anything like that. I just was feeling kind of, I don't know, like I was longing for something. By this time, it's starting to get late, and I'm still feeling that emptiness. And so I'm just praying. I'm saying, you know, God, you know, what is this? And um, I felt at that moment, you know, you know what, Jonah, just stop everything you're doing. Just spend some time uh, with the Lord in prayer. And again, I'm not sharing this to to be super spiritual or anything like that. Um, I'm just trying to be as honest with you as possible. And so I said, okay, okay, okay. There's this kind of like pit within me and I don't know why and I don't know what to remove it. Um, So of course, Lord, you know, like, you know, I think so often I know for me and I think all of us as people, um, we kind of turn to the Lord as a last resort sometimes. Um, and it's sad to admit, sad to say, but, uh, but I know I'm not alone in that, but, um, yeah, so I did that. So I spent the rest of Saturday, um, just saying, okay, Lord, you know, I just want to be responsive to you. I want to, I want to remove this pit that I'm feeling. So I go into my closet and, um, in my closet, I have like a pillow and a headlamp, just like a blanket. And I'm able just to be able to kind of sit in there and just get away from all the distractions around me. I have my phone playing some music just to kind of help me focus and everything. And, and for some reason, I put on this song that I never heard before. And it's by the band, the Robbie Say Band. And it was it was an album back from like 2007. So I put it on uh, the last track on the album. I'm a big sucker for music. I love music. I'm a music nerd. And typically, the last track on an album is one that like leaves you just being like, wow, you know, that, that you know, something to think about, something to chew upon. It's the last track. You want to leave them with something. At the very beginning of the song, he says, go outside. Go and experience like all that the Lord has made. Look up into the stars and know that our God made those. It keeps saying, he is our king. He is our king. But then it goes on to the chorus and it says, no one should be left out. No one should be left out. And the whole song is is an invitation. It's saying, look, let's go outside. Let's gather around those that are around us and just look at the wonder of our God 
and realize and to sing and to proclaim that he is our king. No one should be left out. And so I'm sitting there in the closet. This is totally unexpected. I'm sitting there in the closet. And before you know it, as, as, as it gets to the chorus, I'm just starting to weep. I'm starting to weep and I'm starting just to have this burden on me that I haven't had in a while, to be honest. But I started to have this burden on my heart for those who don't know Jesus, those that don't know that there's this grand invitation to come to know your creator, savior, and sustainer, to gather around people that are not like you and the people that are like you, to gather around humans and to look at our God together, no matter what divides us, but to proclaim that he is our king. He is our king. But I just had this burden for those who don't know Jesus, that are still living, just defined, and their identity is wrapped around their sin. And, and I remember where I was at before I came to know Jesus. I was broken. I had nothing I had nothing, and I talked about that last episode if you if you haven't been a part of last episode, or you can go to episode 12 on this podcast, and I go into um, how I came to know Jesus as my Lord, and so I just had this desire to go outside. You know, the same stars that the singer back in 2007 was singing about, the God, the creator of those stars. I can literally go outside and see those stars. I grabbed my keys, I got in my car, and I just go for a drive. And typically with where I'm at, I'm, I'm near Detroit, um, about 23 miles north of Detroit. And typically when I go for a drive, I'll go even farther north up to a place called Port Huron. And so instead of going north, I just feel this tug to go south. And everybody that I know up here always says, you know, hey, you, you want to try to avoid Detroit at night. You know, it's not the safest place to be. And and absolutely, I mean, I understand that any big city, you know, just going there at night, um, you know, can be, can be rough. And so I'm still weeping. I'm still crying. I'm still reflecting. I'm saying, Lord, break my heart. Like, I've been praying for this for a while now. Lord, continue. Just break my heart. Show me what you want, want me to see. You know, Lord, I want to respond to what you're wanting me to see. And if you've ever driven into Detroit um, from north, it, it always stands out that you go from the fancy houses, the fancy cars, you know, the fancy boats till you get into the city of Detroit and you're starting to see abandoned buildings. You're starting to see roads that have basically been abandoned, neighborhoods that have been abandoned. One of the things I kept thinking about is that, Lord, this is not the way that it was supposed to be. This was not the way that you planned for it to be. Detroit is so crazy because it's like a time capsule. You see certain parts of the city, certain parts of the area where it's just it's completely locked and trapped within the the time of that building being built or that business being open or that road being constructed. You see what could have been. You see where there was huge houses now just lay abandoned and weeds just surrounding it and vines all over it. You see where 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 there could have been so much more than what was. That that, that 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 city, the city was meant for so much more, but somewhere along the way, it lost itself. And Detroit's so crazy, but I feel like Detroit is such a picture of the human condition. Because I know within me that there is so much more the Lord can do if I would just say, okay, Lord, do what you want to do with my life. Do what you want to do with my time. Do what you want to do with the people in my life. Do what you want to do with my giftings. I know if I would just fully surrender every single day and every single moment that the Lord can do so much more 
than what I can do on my own. But so often I spend my time focused on stuff that really doesn't matter. So often I spend so much of my energy on stuff that is so temporary. So often I spend my time being so self-absorbed and self-consumed that I miss that there is people There's people all around me that don't know Jesus and that no one should be left out. So often I don't have that burden for the lost and for those that are broken and needing their Savior. And they may not even know that they need their Savior. So often, so often, there's so often, so much potential in each and every day. So much potential. And driving through the city, I was just reminded of the potential And there's beautiful things happening in the city of Detroit. Even as I've been here for four years, I've seen the the Lord just restore so much to this city and to the lives and, and, and people and families in that city. But there's still, there's still so many reminders of that. You know, Lord, this is not the way it was supposed to be. And then I'm I'm thinking about this passage in Mark. And, and I know that was the burden on our, our Savior's heart as he's looking at the eyes of the people that are standing around him. I mean, at this point in his ministry, he had so many people following him, so many people following, so many people just hanging on to every word that he was saying. And, and it blows my mind that like the same people that were hanging on to every word that he was saying, they, they were the same people saying, crucify him, crucify him. And then on the cross... Jesus has the audacity to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Our God's love and compassion for us is is mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And so I just wanted to read this passage in Mark chapter 4. And and I I don't know what what this passage is going to do in your heart, but I, I am a firm believer whenever the word of God is shared, that something will always happen. In the book of Revelation, we know that, 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 that the Lord says that his word will not return void, that every time his word is shared, that it will not return empty. And so I'm a firm believer that the Lord wants to do something within your heart, within my heart, through reading this passage. So honestly, I just want to do that. I'm going to be reading from the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. This is everyday language, so it makes it a little easier to understand. And so this is Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 1 through 34. And this is what it says. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wiltered under the hot sun, and since it did not have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much that had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others that were gathered around him, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. 
But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuting for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word, but are all too quickly. The message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And then the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear the word and accept God's word that it produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much that had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. Verse 22, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears should hear and listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Verse 26, Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, and then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. There's so, so much that was shared in this passage. But one of the things that stand out to me is in verse 24, it says this, Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. And then verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. In this story that I read at the very beginning of this podcast of the person that is standing listening to these words, you, you almost see that, you know, that human struggle of just like, okay, like I'm listening, there's things being said that are confusing, and I don't know how to apply the confusing things that I'm hearing to my life. But what you see in that story that I shared at the very beginning is that the man did not give up. He did not stop trying to understand what Jesus was saying. 
but he was so he was so overwhelmed by who Jesus was and and who Jesus is that he's saying, you know what? Even if these words are confusing, I am so intrigued by Jesus that I want to know more about these words that he's sharing, and I want to know more about him. See, when it came down to it, it's the person of Jesus that draws us to himself. I know before what I shared last episode or what I shared on episode 12 about how I came to know Jesus, that there was many times that I sat in church. There was many times that I heard uh, friends talking about Jesus or talking about the Bible. There were so many seeds that were thrown out. But the problem was is that I did not take those seeds and say, you know what? Jesus, I long for you. I want more of you. But instead, I just took it like I take a lot of information that I receive in my day and just say, okay, well, whatever is convenient, whatever is comfortable, whatever benefits me, I'll take. But anything else, I'll just throw out. And I would fill my heart and my mind with all the things that I thought that I needed to know or that I needed to uh, think upon. But what's crazy, the irony of it is, is that I would fill myself with so much junk just because it made me feel good, but I would throw out the, the, just the beautiful truths of God and throw out his word just because I was like, oh, I don't need that. But in, I, the irony of it is, is that I needed that, that apart from that, I could not even have life at all. And what it took for me was for me to be so broken and empty for me to say, you know what, Lord, I'm not turning to you as a last resort, but I'm turning to you as the resort. I'm turning to you as the life that I know that I'm lacking. And in the story that I shared at the very beginning, the the man towards the end, especially, he starts to say, you know what, like this man this man is, is, is speaking with such authority that I know that my life my life, the shallowness of my life, I know that he is the fulfillment of that shallowness. And, you know, at the very, very end, he, he starts to meditate on the reality of the kingdom of God. And we saw in this passage that Jesus starts talking about the kingdom of God being like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he's asleep or awake. The seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces crop on its own. And then it goes on to say, as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. And, and, and in the story at the very beginning, I was just sharing about, you know, that those words, that, that whole phrase about the kingdom of God, that's what just captured his heart. And it talked about it being like a mustard seed, the smallest seeds. And so just even the smallest amount of faith is enough to produce a life of surrender. And, and, and I love how the man at the very end, he says, God, I might not know everything, but the grain is ripe. The grain is ripe. I might not know everything, but Lord, you can do whatever you want to do within my life because Lord, I'm surrendering it to you. That regardless of what you are going through, regardless of where you're at with your walk with Jesus, that he wants to produce a crop within you. And that comes through surrender. It comes through surrender today. Maybe, maybe you're saying, you know, Lord, what, what do you want to produce within my heart today with what, you, what, what I have going on? I'm a firm believer that he wants to produce something so beautiful so beautiful, something so far beyond anything you could do on your own. But again, it comes through having a heart of good soil, of a surrender saying, Lord, okay, you can have your will and way within me today. You can have your will and way within me today. And also, 
talking about the kingdom of God. You know, he's talking about, you know, night or day while he's awake or asleep, the seed sprouts and grows. What this reminds me is that 24-7, the Lord is making himself known through his word going through broken people. And that blows my mind. Right now, I'm sitting with my phone recording me, and somehow this will do a work and wonder within the hearts of those that are listening or watching this. That blows my mind. Again, it goes back to that song. You know, go outside. Just think about the, the beauty of our God, the magnitude, the mightiness of our God, what he has created. You know, Romans 1.20, you know, since the beginning of time, we have seen God's invisible qualities Therefore, man is without excuse. Everything demands, demands a response in this life. And everything points back to the reality that we are broken and our God can redeem the broken mess. And that he is redeeming and that he has redeemed through his son, Jesus. As people, we fight against what makes us uncomfortable and, and what goes against our preconceived notions of, of, of what our truth is. And if there's something that goes against our truth, we will immediately fight it. But what stories do is break down those walls that prevent a truth from coming in and allows it to truly be pondered upon. And so Jesus, by using these parables, he was speaking to the human heart and the human condition. And again, those who have ears, let them hear. Those who are truly hungering to have a walk with their God, to have a, a heart that is, that is surrendered and made new but through Jesus, that the invitation is all yours. You are invited into the kingdom of God. The heart of Jesus in Mark 4 was the same heart of the song that I referenced earlier by the Robbie Say Band, Go Outside. The heart is that no one should be left out. As Jesus is speaking and, and speaking these parables, he's saying, look, I came to take away the, the distance between you and your creator that is caused by your sin and rebellion. God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not come to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through him. That's the heart of Jesus. And as he's speaking these parables, that's his heart. He's saying, look, come to me, come to me. I'm here and I love you and I will take away that distance between you and me. But first there has to be a surrender. You have to allow me to be the farmer, to be the Lord of your life, of your heart. You have to break down the hostility between me to you through admitting that for one, there is hostility and also allowing me to do a work and wonder within you that is immeasurably more than anything than you could do on your own. That he is the bread of life. He is the I am. He is the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is, he is love. He is, he is the epitome. He's, he's the, he's the gate, <laughs> you know, all of the I am statements that Jesus made within his gospels. He is everything that you and I long for. But first we have to respond by saying, Lord, show me where I have been fighting you and your spirit from working within my life. So for many of you, maybe what is preventing that intimacy between you and your God is that you are still defined by your sin. You've never surrendered. 
You've never acknowledged the fact that apart from Christ, you are a sinner in need of a savior. You, you've never said, Lord, I give control of my life over to you. Maybe that's what the Lord is saying. Look right now, come to me, come to me, come to me. Surrender, surrender. Or maybe it's something within your life that you know the Lord has been saying, I, I want you to trust me with this and give this up. But you've been fighting him and you've been fighting his word. Whatever it is, only you know what it is that the Lord is putting on your heart to surrender in this moment. But my hope and my prayer is that the Lord will break through even the hardest of hearts. And, and I know that he can because he is breaking through mine. And every day he breaks through, breaks through, and breaks through. So Lord God, right now, for those that are listening or watching this, Lord, I pray that you break through our hearts. Lord, help us be more yours. Lord, your love for us does not increase or decrease by what we do or who we are. But Lord, our intimacy between us to you, Lord, our intimacy could be hindered by our sin and by our rebellion. So Lord, we want to have a close walk with you through surrender and humility. Lord, break our heart for what breaks yours and help us be who you've created us to be. Lord, help us make those tough decisions that need to be made. And Lord, also help us surrender even in the most mundane of moments. Lord, help us have a heart of realization that no one should be left out from this invitation of a life and a life abundantly found through you and you alone, Jesus. And so, Lord, please burden us for what burdens you and overwhelm us with the love and a sense of your presence that gives us the courage to step out in a faith and a surrender that is required in order for us to experience you more fully. Jesus, we need you. Please use us. We are yours. In your name, we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. To end this episode, I felt that it would be most fitting to play the same song that I've been referencing throughout this whole episode and to allow the Lord to have a moment with you just like he had with me. And so if this song blesses you, please uh, purchase it, stream it, support the artist. And so I pray that the song blesses you. The name of the song is Go Outside and the name of the band is Robbie Say Band. I pray that you have a great day. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking to you next week. You are not alone. Go outside and praise the God who mapped the stars out in the sky. And gather round with those who love and sing. He is our King.
Should be 